0: Well, here we are again. Episode 90. 90.
1: Ooh. We're getting up there. We're getting up there. We're we are. We're running in the 90s now.
0: Running
2: we in are the running 90s.
0: in the 90s. <laughs> uh, bring me back to watching compilations of... Uh, Just the initial D memes. Initial D memes at 3 in the morning at the Dement vu,
1: I've been in this place before. <laughs> <laughs> Just, and initial, it's all the same punchline
0: Initial duck
1: But it's funny every time
0: Yeah, every time Well, because you're like, okay, how are they going to either satisfy or subvert my expectations this time?
1: also just those your songs are just straight up fun to listen to
0: mm-hmm. yep um oh. 90 let's see so yeah 10 more or er, yeah 10 more episodes and we'll be at episode 100 so actually not that in the grand scheme of things it'll probably come pr- pretty quick We're
1: close to the It'll come pretty close to our what two year anniversary. Well, next month
0: we will, will be surpass, our two year anniversary. Yeah, I
1: think. Like okay, it'll be a little bit past that. is then.
2: the first day we put out an episode. Now, yeah. had
1: we um, not made a big break, we might have been at a hundred by the time uh, yeah. we got there. But uh, oh, well. there was extenuating circumstances, so there you go. Mm-hmm. Speaking of extenuating, the other night I was just you know hanging out in my room doing some homework and getting ready for the next day of class. Extenuating. Yes. Then I did a different <laughs> extenuating thing. Apparently, I should really stretch before I sneeze because I pulled a back muscle. We're not I... that old. Let's just say that. <laughs> well, it must have been the way I was sitting or the way I twisted when I sneezed or just the general overall like still tenderness of that my part back. of my body from some body aches I had when I had covid it's just like, my back! I, I threw my back out sneezing, and then I had to go to work the next day and throw boxes around. <laughs> Ibuprofen to save the day. Hmm. So that's that's my weird story for the week. Uh,
0: My weird story for the week is I randomly remembered that I had a college professor who looked like Dr. Breen, the villain from uh, Half-Life 2. It just suddenly popped in my mind. I didn't like that class. I wonder why. But... He literally had the exact same, like, white hair and beard, body build, uh, outfit. Typically, it was just, I, mean, I, I think I had just played Half-Life 2 at the time I had him as a professor, which was really funny, but it just, it just occurred to me randomly today as I was working. It's like, oh yeah, I had a professor who looked like Dr. Breen. And for the life of me, I could not remember what the guy's real name was. So I guess in the re- in my head for the rest of the time, it'll be... will uh, be Dr. Breen? Dr. Breen, what yeah. What class did you have Dr. with Dr. Breen. Him? It was Principles of Crop Production. I see. It was kind of a... He was kind of a rambler. Like, there were multiple Ranging classes guy. that I fell asleep at, um, and not on purpose. Granted, it was like right away at like 8 in the morning. Um, and it was during the springtime, so for the first half of the semester, it was pretty cold. So they had the heat running, and... Uh, James at that point did not get nearly enough sleep and uh, he just kind of droned about the farm he grew up on like almost every single class even if it had nothing to do with what we're I never knew what the lecture was about that day when he brought in guest speakers it was fascinating and I learned a lot (laughs) the rest of the class not so much but that's my weird story for this week
1: how are things in a seminary land
2: there is COVID in the seminary land. Yeah. So, well, that is causing not fun times here.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, both. There's James only two cases.
2: Siblings. They're isolated. We're taking precautions yeah. and stuff, yeah, yeah, yeah. but it just puts a, puts a damper on things, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
1: Both James and my siblings who went to the same uh, retreat, retreat. Uh, and uh, they brought it back to our respective, respective parents. parents and siblings that lived at home still. Uh so that's not cool information. Yeah. But it's a thing. Prayers appreciated. Absolutely.
0: But yeah, so that was a thing. Uh let's see. It's Cre- just
1: the time of year to get covid, I feel like. I mean, it's winter. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's when you, people usually—it's just go going around. Say, Everybody
2: just... is at home with all their families mm-hmm. for the holidays, and there's lots of cross spreading that way. So. And now,
1: for whatever reason, Omicron popped up and is a super contagious variant, and it's all dumb. Anyway, mm-hmm. enough about politics. Let's talk about yeah. Trump. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: I I saw I saw Jasper on Sunday. Oh. Oh. Our our friend Jasper, the seminarian boy, he uh, he's heading back to uh, St. Paul Seminary soon. I chatted with him a little bit after mass. It was funny because I was it was uh, before mass. I was going through my prayer intentions, and I was going through like my seminarian friends. And right as I said his name, he like walked out of the sacristy to start lighting the candles. <laughs> I was like, oh, and Jasper,
1: <laughs> who yeah, was right guy, there, that guy. Yeah, yeah, that yeah, one. Him.
0: Yeah. So he appears to be doing quite well in adjusting to major seminary but uh overall enjoying it. So that was that was that was mm-hmm. kind of cool to see him. Haven't seen him in a while.
2: I have been busy in a time when I normally wouldn't be busy oh. because I am in the midst of a transition to major seminary so ah. I have applied for IPF and applying for SPS and. Oh, so they are Paul. sending you to St. Paul? Yeah, it's uh, officially happening now. Nice. Well, I will be on a propedeutic year next year. Ah. Uh-huh. Which is basically like the novitiate of diocesan priesthood. Sure. It's kind of that equivalent thing. Sure. Which will entail a technology fast. so... Oh, boy.
1: So that'll make this. That will make this. It,
2: it will pro- I have Saturdays where I'm allowed to have tech, so. It will be possible, but it will be limited to tricky. A one day. Limited to one day a week,
1: and we count. might have to get a couple of guest speakers a couple of weeks in case you have a busy Saturday. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Or just carry it ourselves because we're funny and entertaining, right?
0: We do. Which episode was it that was just you and me? Uh, it's, it went, it and was the Road okay. Rage Against the
2: Machine. It
1: was. Ah, uh, yep
0: yeah for Mad Max, yeah that was an episode yeah it it that went pretty well uh, that was so. like
2: the only episode that got a listen in our um hiatus, really hmm. yeah, some random a new person listened to it, so
1: we should we should do more solo ones then I guess I Get they it only Riley listened the to
2: the banter bit and
0: then they stopped.
1: oh uh, interesting. I feel so. bad like on
0: a certain level for people trying to figure out which episode of our podcast to start with. Because it I give so matter. little information, no. right? But I give so little information in either the thumbnail or the headline or the description. I mean, um, kind of by design, though. Uh,
2: we it, do it for the funsies. It yes. fits the character of the podcast. We are the way we do our podcast is really bad for
0: promoting it, but mm-hmm. we but don't it's really just, care. This is mostly for, for our own entertainment.
1: So Honestly, we, these podcasts—we had these conversations about movies and shows already. Mm-hmm. It's just now we're recording them, yep. and of course, our conversations about movies and shows would constantly get derailed by our our banter and our jokiness with each other.
0: So it's it's the slice of life. That's that's what this you. Is, that's this what the is folks us, folks. That's how you what you come for. We're not one of those super like clean cut marketable Catholic podcasts. You don't need any of that. I mean, if you want. You, you don't want, need don't.
1: marketability. You don't need an audience.
0: You got, you got that. We got
1: y- two listeners. It's all we need. Yeah, you can,
0: you can listen to any old podcast if you want, if you want that sort of stuff. We, we, we do. We. Oh, speaking of we, yeah. not really speaking of we, but uh, I acquired a old CRT TV from the middle school, so now we can play some older console games in their original glory.
2: Ooh, how large of a CRT TV!
0: It's a 27 inch, so a pretty decent size. Mm-hmm. Uh, Not incredible, but a good size. A it's good about size. it's just
1: roughly the size of the TV I grew up watching. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Basically, all it needs is a VHS player and a VeggieTales lime green tape, and I'm six again.
0: <laughs> I think it was like one of the last. Uh, I think it was one of the last like classroom CRT TVs they had at the middle school, and they wanted to get rid of it. So, we've uh, still got
2: a rather large one at my house. Mm. I mean, it hasn't been busted out in a number of years, but it's probably like a forty-inch something like that. Mm-hmm. So it's it's pretty pretty substantial.
1: Pretty, I imagine it's pretty deep too. One thing like for deep every, every inch heavy. of screen, they need all that much more depth. That's what I appreciate about with the, the cath- technology and monitors
0: technology. and screens in the last like I don't know twenty years is. Uh, Got they got. They're a lot easier to transport. One person yes, they are. can carry a TV, basically anywhere, unless it's like one of these super huge ones,
1: like the one that we got collectively. Yeah. As, mm-hmm. a, as a house. But I mean, even so, that's it's not
0: even a super huge
2: one. It's, it's just. No, it's just. It's wide. a moderately large one. Yeah. It's not. It's no seventy inch.
0: Yeah. Oof, that I would like imagine. double
2: the surface area. Again. There are
0: some vehicles you would not be able to transport that in um but so that's kind of fun i'm kind of the, the one thing i remember about the old crt tvs is like feeling the static on the screen while it's on ooh, mm-hmm. yeah that was fun there's like some dis- that's that was like a weirdly nostalgic that's a weirdly nostalgic feeling it's like about a random thing but yeah the static on the tv screen is like ooh, look at this and then just you like poke the, your sibling the, the and the try slow to give fading it when shock. you
1: turn it on and then that weird snap book close shut thing that happens yep <clears throat> and, and who can forget
0: the static noise
1: like ch- turn a channel tube but you're not And you had to the anything. sound
0: you had your family surround sound turned up a little too high when you turned on the TV and didn't have a source selected Bwah. ah turn it down turn it down Um,
1: But the thing is, in order to play the... the Coming soon to your Disney DVD! DVD, In order to play the Super (laughs) Nintendo, we had to uh, change it to channel 2 or 3. So you'd have to Mm -hmm. either turn the thing on before you switch channels, or switch channels, suffer through some snow, and then turn it on.
0: Yeah. But, uh, I guess speaking of old things that were popular in the 90s... uh, Not us, but we're the (laughs) Palladian Papists. I'm James. I'm Nathan. And I'm Riley. Uh,
1: and today we're talking about a movie that two of us are older than. Yeah. Wait, what? T- two of us are older than. this One movie. of us is not. One of us is not because it came which out. Which would
2: uh, the lead? Which would stand to reason that it's me.
1: Oh, right, right, right. yep, yep. <laughs> it came out middle of July in '97. Ah, uh, okay. We're talking about Princess Mononoke by and Studio Ghibli. And getting philosophical. Getting about philosophical about it.
0: In a world where one man will decide whether to pull a lever and kill one man or not pull a lever and allow five people to die. Find out in
1: Film uh, Is the anime ban up?
0: I don't care. Anyway, we're just, we're it's just a, it's going a for a it. It's, it's like a Miyazaki. I feel like those don't count. Yeah, I agree.
1: So, Philosophical is where we get a little philosophical about films. Mm-hmm. So, like I said, this movie came out uh, July 1997, and it's uh, by Studio Ghibli, who are famous for. Well, we've already done one movie. Yep, we've we done did Howl's Moving Castle. Howl's Moving Castle. Like right was,
0: after watching it, so if you want a raw reaction, go ahead and listen
1: to that. I think that one was 2008 or something like that. So, this is well before that. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, so the movie starts out. In a small village in what is presumably like feudal Japan, Uh, it's a small village just like, you know, hunter-gatherer type of self-sustaining people. Anyway, Uh, there's a guy in a watchtower who's like, "Hey, there's a monster coming out of the woods," and so you get uh, the prince of this little um, little town named Ashitaka. Uh, He rides around on his deer and shoots arrows at the at the giant pig monster. Um, during the, the the scuffle, he gets uh attacked by one of the goopy tentacles coming off of this thing um, and uh, gets infected in the arm by it, but eventually he takes down the uh, the monster, the goopy tentacles kind of clear away and it's like, oh, this is a uh, boar forest spirit who has been cursed uh, and they and they try and give him a proper uh, send off rites and burial stuff and he's like, uh, screw you, humans did this to me. I'm all angry and hate humans now. You can die for all I care. Then he disintegrates, and in the disintegrated pile of uh, bones, they find a, a bullet. And it's like, oh, an iron bullet. This is where the, the spread came from. Um, and now, our, our Prince Ashitaka is all cursed in the arm. So That's he's got to cool. he's got
0: to exile himself from the village.
1: So yeah, he's gonna exile himself from the village, never come back, but also go follow where the boar came from to find out the source of the curse and uh, find perhaps a way to break it. So he's he's uh riding along on his on his dear companion, uh and they uh on the road he comes across like some some bandits stealing from people, and so he defends the 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 people. Um, but whenever he, like, fires his bow or attacks the bandits, uh, the demon arm goes nuts and he gets super strong and, like, takes their arms clean off and stuff. So that's kind of uh, concerning. Along the way, he meets a, um, a fella named Jigo. He is a kind of a, a, a monk of sorts. And he's just kind of traveling. He's like, oh, if you've got a, if you've got a curse... Should go to the the forest and see the the spirit of the forest, uh, because he's uh he he, he might just kill you, but he's also like a, a life kind of god creature thing, uh. So either you, you'll die or he might find a way to heal you. You know, you never know. Take a chance. And he's like, well, all I've got is a chance, and forest sounds cool. So we skip to a different part of the world near the forest, where we have Lady Eboshi. I believe her is the name. Yes. I just looked at it. Uh, Lady Iboshi and her people of Irontown running a caravan either back from a logging trip or a, some kind of trade deal or something like that. Just doing business the way that people who make iron do. Um, when they are attacked by two white wolves and a mysterious rider woman on top of the wolves. And they're like, oh crap, it's the wolves and Princess Mononoke. Better defend ourselves before we all die. Um, so they, they try and fight, her off, fight them off with their guns uh, they managed to, the wolves manage to kill some of the guys and the guys managed to shoot one of the wolves injuring it. And so they kind of retreat um, and leave some of the wounded and dead behind. And so when um, we have Ashitaka come across this uh, battle scene, he meets a couple of wounded people from Irontown. And he's like, oh, you two are wounded. I will pick you up and take you home. We will shortcut through the forest. And they're like, No. Don't go in the forest. It's all cursed and stuff, and you'll—we're we'll, all gonna die because the Lord of the Forest is gonna eat us. And there's wolves in there, and there's freaky Wolf Girl. And it's like Ed, I—and Ashok is like, I don't know. Wolf Girl kind of looks pretty from over here, <laughs> 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 from across the lake, while she's cleaning the wound of her uh, of her Wolf Mom with just by sucking the the tainted blood out. Anyway, so they uh managed to make it through the woods and back to Iron Town. They get these poor, poor soldiers back to their wives, and they're like, "Oh, thank you for saving our guys and stuff." And here, we'll we'll give you some some food and some some shelter and kind of explain what's going on here. And Lady Eboshi's like, "Yeah, those wolves they they attack our guys from time to time because we keep cutting down trees because we need to get iron out of the sand so we can make our uh, our guns and stuff to defend ourselves from the." From not only the wolves and stuff, but also the uh, the empire, emperor sends dudes out here that are kind of trying to strong arm us. And also, we kind of l- learn more about the the overall culture of the Iron Town. Uh, turns out, a lot of the guys are kind of losers who fell out of the military and the army and stuff. weren't good enough for that. Like all the women there, there's a lot of women working at the iron Iron Forge. And apparently all of them were picked up out of uh, the city, working the streets and the brothels and stuff. It's like, oh, we're actually given a job that is respectable and uh, a life that we kind of like with with people we kind of like. More dignified. And um, in the back room, in like the the Lady Eboshi's secret garden, there's a bunch of diseased people and lepers and stuff who are basically the engineers that design her guns and stuff. Mm -hmm. And so she's like... I'm just doing what's best for my people at all costs. Even if it means cutting the trees down and killing the monkeys that try and plant more trees because the trees are getting in our way.
0: Silly monkeys.
1: Right. And then, so that night in Irontown, um, we get... Let's see. Oh, uh, we are... Okay. So that night in the town, they're kind of just hanging out when uh, suddenly Wolf Girl shows up and it's like, hey, Lady Eboshi, I'm, I'm, I'm going to kill you. And so she tries to kill Lady Eboshi. And Ashitaka kind of gets in the way. It's like, whoa, 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 guys, break it up. What is going on? And she's like, oh, that's just Princess. We call her Princess Mononoke, but her name is San. Uh, she's uh, the wolf girl, and she's trying to, trying to kill me because I'm trying to do my job. And she, San's like, you're destroying the forest and ruining the balance of nature. And I, I hate you. And then Ashitaka's like, dude, dude, don't, don't kill anybody. I'm here to figure out what's going on. I've got a weird arm. I think Ashitaka gets, uh, I believe he gets shot in the encounter. I'm checking it out. Yeah. And so San uh, picks him up and takes him out of the village and takes him into the secret forest grove. Uh, because she's like, well, maybe the, maybe the forest spirit can help him. So she takes him to the secret forest grove and cleans his wounds and stuff. Uh, then the, the, the forest spirit, who is a gargantuan uh, blobby night walker by night. And, nobody, and, a deer and Lord with a creepy knows what human the heck face. is going on with that guy's face. He's a deer with a creepy human face during the day. Anyway, he shows up and does, does a heal on him. But only in the bullet wound, the, uh, the demon gunk on his hand isn't going away. In fact, it's kind of spreading. So for a bit, like Ashitaka is, uh, just kind of hanging out in the forest with Son. It's like, Hey, what's your deal? And she's like, I'm a wolf. And he's like, no, you're kind of human. It's like, no, I hate humans. They destroy everything they touch. It's like, no, but you're kind of actually human. And the wolves are like, uh, who, the, who can talk because they're forest spirits. Of course they're like, yeah, we, uh, we found her, uh, we killed her parents. Uh, and then adopted her because we're wolves and forest spirits and they're like yeah we could use a kid so they they raised her as their own eventually um, the wolves come in contact with um, the ape tribe who show up and they're like hey we're gonna go kill the humans and it's like I know they, they tick you off but you don't have to like go nuts and become as bad as them it's like no we must kill the humans it's like we hate them too but this isn't the way to attack them and then the rest of the boar the clan shows up with the uh, uh, boar who got himself turned into a demon. Uh, his brother shows up. It's like, I'm the new leader of the boars. I'm blind and crap.
0: Boom, shaka, laka, laka, boom,
1: shaka. Um, but <laughs> the boars are going to attack the humans at dawn because we hate them. And we're just going to throw ourselves at them blindly in a rage the way boars like to attack things when they attack things.
0: Even though they have a very low likelihood of Survival.
1: It's like, if we die, we die in battle, like warriors and stuff. And the wolves are like, this is a bad idea, but if you're going to do it anyway, we might as well help you. And Shitaka's like, guys, guys, stop, guys. Stop it. Stop, stop it. it. Stop that. Stop that.
2: Not going to be any singing
1: while I'm here. And then later, if you remember... um, our 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 man Jigo who who was the guy who told him to go into the forest in the first place he shows up in Iron Towns like hey lady of Irontown, Town I'm from the emperor who's like kind of obsessed with the, uh, eternal life and apparently if we take if we uh, chop the head off of the forest spirit we can use the head of the forest spirit to grant him eternal life that's kind of my mission here and you want the forest spirit out of the way too right you, so you can do all your all your tree clearing and uh, iron and collection humanism
2: stuff. and all that
1: you know stuff like that, so why don't we work together to to do this thing and so they go to war uh next day uh the the humans and the animals all clash and it's this whole big thing uh there a lot of boars die, including the no, the big one doesn't die yet, then also a lot of humans die <clears throat> and it's really generally not a bad not a good thing um Toward the end of the fight, um, Lady Lady Iboshi and Jijo, or Jigo, I should say, have uh, made their way into the forest, like spirits clearing, and are waiting for the forest spirit to show up. And at this point, the uh, head boar guy, who's the the, the blind uh, the, the blind one, who's the, was the brother of the demon boar at the beginning, he begins to uh, uh, take on the squiggly demonic traits himself. Just from being so angry and being a forest spirit. Because that's kind of what the rules of the universe in this movie. Where if you're a uh, spirit and you get all vengeful and angry, you become kind of a demon monster. Anyway, um, so now uh, San's trying to talk him out of making poor decisions. uh, Following the humans and stuff. And he's like, no, I'm going to do this. And he gets more and more covered in goop. And then she gets... Caught up in the goop and kind of sucked into him. It's like ah, and the, uh. and and Ashitaka like, oh, that that's not cool at all. I'm gonna dive in there and try and pull you out, but it, and he kind of kind of manages to. But then uh, Lady Eboshi sees the uh, the spirit of the forest uh, uses a gun to blow his head off, and they collect it in a basket and stuff. But then like the the deer god guy starts to you know bubble up and explode into a, a mess of just goop that just com- keeps growing and consuming everything. It's like ah, eh, now we're running away uh, trying, to, trying to get things away from... Things got
0: very cataclysmic or in a hurry.
1: Like real quickly. Things went from 0 to 100 very quickly. And we thought so things there's were like a bit of a, but no, there's more. There's a bit of a hot potato game going on with the head of the the forest spirit between Jigo uh, trying to take it to the emperor and uh, Ashitaka and San trying to get it back so they can give it back before hey there, Peter they Parker. blow up everything. Anyway. Uh... Anyway, so at the end of the movie, uh San and Ashitaka manage to get the uh head of the forest spirit back. It's like what if we give it back give it back to him? It's like, Hey, uh, sorry we took your head off. Can you can you put it back on and then uh not kill everybody? There you go. And, and he and he d- kinda does that. Then after that, uh there's this explosion of greenery and foliage from from him because life is returning to the forest kind of but also not in the way it was before because now the the uh old forest spirits and stuff have kind of less power and so the movie ends where san's still living in the woods hating humans and ashitaka's like but i think you're cute so i'm gonna come visit you every once in a while but i'm also gonna go help rebuild irontown and maybe help them figure out a sustainable way to harvest uh iron instead of just clear cutting she's like but I hate humans like you could come back with me we could we could work this out it's like no I stay in the forest I am I am returning to monkey and so that's kind of where the movie ends uh that's the plot synopsis a lot of stuff just kind of happens Mm -hmm. um but it's also just really well well put together I mean it's a studio Ghibli movie so we're gonna gush about it in the beauty section and on all fronts mm-hmm. but uh some, some cool stuff about it I think we're in the cool stuff part um, we are. since I've talked a lot is there cool stuff you guys kind of liked about the movie when you saw it or is the first like what viewing just kind of leave you confused yes, and traumatized this is, like this it's is movie? one
2: of those movies that you really kind of have to sit and process a little bit Mm-hmm. And maybe watch again. But uh, my initial impressions of it were like, obviously, Studio Ghibli quality going on here. Oh, yes. Um, the He's just a great filmmaker. He understands the medium very well. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, we'll talk about that more in the beauty section. But it's like, there's clearly a message here.
1: Mm-hmm
2: the precise nature of that message was not super clear to me on having finished the movie the first time. Mm -hmm. And as I I thought about it, it's like, clearly there's something going on here about the relationship between nature and society and the mutual goods that those provide, but also the dangers of Of overemphasizing one or the other.
1: Mm Mm-hmm.
0: I spent the majority of the first time watching it being like what is ha- what is happening?
1: <laughs> it, it is one that merits some just ruminating and a, maybe a second viewing. Honestly, I only began to pick out the major themes the second time watching it now that I have context. I
0: didn't it. have as easy of a time connecting with this one as I did for Howl's Moving Castle. Sure. Um, it does have the kind of
2: older 90s flavor to it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that stuff just kind of happens
0: and it doesn't really feel like a coherent narrative.
1: Mm-hmm. Not all the time, no.
0: But like what, like you said, when you sort of sit and analyze it and chew I mean, on it a bit, it starts to become clearer, but it's still kind of difficult I mean, to parse out.
1: As from, from the Studio Ghibli movies I've seen, it has probably the most clear direction it goes versus like Spirited Away or uh totoro both of them are fun and charming and have their own stuff going on but they just kind of feel a little aimless for the most part it's like we're just mm-hmm. hanging out in this kind of very nicely put together world that studio ghibli created and mr yeah, miyazaki it's, it's really
2: great. more about showing off a creative vision in yeah. those and kind of exploring a world than it is about telling a story
1: and this one does a lot of world exploring but i also feel like it has bit more heavy themes it has a
0: heavy aura of mystery about it
1: yeah it's like it feels like dense folklore even though it was made up for the movie it's an Mm -hmm. original script which is neat you don't always have to base it off a book or something
0: yeah and i guess if you compare it to other films like they they have sort of a comfy vibe to them
1: yeah, this one's just like this one was a very uncomfy sometimes. I,
0: it did a very good job of like giving you the feeling of like the overwhelming, mysterious power of nature, uh-huh. like and that like the feeling of being mildly threatened by that, but like there's a way to coexist with it too. Like it's it it was interesting.
1: So my general takeaway analysis of the film is that the the central evil of the film is not man, nor is it nature. It's not necessarily a man-bad-nature-good sort of thing, because the nature spirits are cruel and rude and vengeful, too. No, it's more the hatred between the two groups that causes everything, the mutual disdain and lack of coming together. Mm -hmm. Because Ashitaka's village is very much a village one with nature. There's a scene like halfway through when... um, San is bringing uh, Ashitaka to the healing pool, and then she unties his deer friend, and she's like, "Go, you're free now. You don't have to follow this kid around anymore. He's he's not your master." But the deer sticks around because mm-hmm. there's a relationship between the two. There's a bond between the man and nature. There is a unity there. His his uh village that he's from is this represents this balance and unity this sort of
0: synthesis yeah living but it.
1: it's corrupted by not the bullet in the in the boar spirit's wound but rather the hatred that bubbled up from the conflict he had with the humans mm-hmm. it's the hatred that consumed him that infected ashitaka and eventually um, consumed his brother at the end too mm-hmm. so it's really um this mistrust this misunderstanding this hatred that leads to conflict and war or is caused by
0: i suppose his his that his brother's blindness is rather symbolic
1: yeah because he's bl- he's been blinded by by that rage mm-hmm. by that hatred
0: and he's otherwise a very wise and insightful being but yeah. most of
1: the forest spirits are but they just also can't understand the humans need to destroy the forest or reason or learn to reason with them whereas the humans are like these are animals we can't reason with them we're just going to shoot them and cut down our forest because we need to do right by our people Mm -hmm. and it's not like Lady Eboshi's evil this evil capitalist trying to maximize her profits she's trying to give her people a life worth living Mm -hmm. she's trying to give these prostitutes a better life than they would have had in the city or these lepers a better life than they would have had begging on the streets Mm mm-hmm Right? She's she's looking after her people and is completely callous to anybody else's needs. Similarly with the four spirits. It's two groups thinking only of themselves and not of the good of the other. And therefore that the rift that is drawn between them manifests as the black tentacle goo that is infecting Ashitaka, this balance between the two. Mm-hmm. That is my general interpretation of the themes
0: yeah and now that you've said that like i, I definitely see that in the movie mm-hmm. at the time watching it it's it was it wasn't so easy to pick out not like it was obscured or anything it was just like
1: things were happening in a way that weirded you out enough to not yeah notice. or it's
0: like slightly discombobulating and yeah. then
1: at the end what brings some semblance of harmony back to the forest and the people is an act of contrition to Mm -hmm. the forest. God it's it's an apology. It's a returning. It's a, uh, we apologize for all the ways that we've hurt you as Ashitaka and San, these two characters are this unification Mm -hmm. of human and nature, right? They're like, they bridge the gap by undoing the evils done to the forest. Or as represented by the forest spirit. And so there's forgiveness. There is a healing, like literally in the characters, but also in the bringing green nature back to the whole area. There's a rebuilding afterwards. Things are different now, but now maybe we can do better this time. Mm-hmm. So it's not like it's, it's it's all better now. It's we can make it better now that we have this. We've started, a, we've started by apologizing.
0: Hmm. I suppose was that like kind of the truth segment?
1: I don't know. That, that that's just my analysis. I think we're just we can, talking about cool stuff. Oh, okay. Just talking about cool stuff and my interpretation of what the story actually means. Uh, in truth, stuff we can get more specific and then also tie it to Catholic theology if we wanted to a little bit. Mm-hmm. But But uh, that's cool stuff. That's my analysis.
0: I think that's probably the most rational read that I can come up with. Or, or, you know, that I, I can't think of anything that would make more sense than what you said, so I think that's a good analysis of the message of the movie, as it were.
1: There may be some themes I'm kind of missing out on or some things, you, some other things you could read from it. It does feel open enough to have slightly alternate interpretations, mm-hmm. which is probably a good quality to have as a film. It makes leads to more and deeper discussion. Mm-hmm. But also, it's probably just worth watching again so you can get past the this is weird what's up with that guy's face
0: mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> i don't know if i'll get what, it are, what
2: are the little green dudes what what, well, they, do the, do, what, what they do and what
1: they do what 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 are the, the they're not koroks but they're basically
2: i kept thinking they were
1: koroks they, the they, they, buy they supplied
2: for them yeah they're,
1: they're like the, these little these little just tree spirits who kind of have goofy looking faces. they're just koroks and they just shake their heads and make a little bobblehead sound right <laughs> they're, 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 koroks. Just, they're just there to represent the mystery of the and power of the forest in a way mm-hmm. and, they, and then they all get really loud when the when the forest spirit is near or whatever yeah it's just more character and just kind of depth to the world it's like this is just a thing that exists in this forest yeah. it's mm-hmm. just
2: ashitaka is like oh hey little guys and other people are weirded out by it, but he's just like, What's up?" You know, he's so much harmonized with nature in his upbringing that he is familiar with them and and has a trust for
0: them. Yep. Because
1: yeah, and it's interesting how nature they portray nature as being like grand and beautiful, but also kind of brutal.
0: And terrifying mm-hmm. at times. Kind
1: of, kind of terrifying at times. It there's a both and with nature, mm-hmm. where it's like, yeah, this is majestic and uh, beautiful and just peaceful. And also, I could die because there's a there's a wolf about to eat me.
0: Or just like, <laughs> let's kill this girl's parents and raise her as our own.
1: It's like oh, that, that's brutal. Okay,
0: but it's raising her as their own was
2: probably an afterthought to that. Yep. Yeah, there was, there was a, probably a, a disjoining of those sequenced events, but like, ah, oh, crap! They yes. have a kid. Well, mm-hmm. um,
0: uh, seems cruel people. to just eat it. So let's just take it. Yeah. Uh, I guess with that, do we want to get into the truth in Princess Manon? Okay,
1: we very much could. That could be a thing we do. Let's do it. That's a, okay. Do it.
0: So what is true in Princess Mononoke? Okay? It is necessary to find
2: a balance in uh-huh. things. Specifically, between a an attitude of preserving nature, but also making use of it in a way that is constructive for human life. It is not... You know, he's kind of, I think, placing this question... That is very much there in a modern, con- well, I guess contemporary context is like, what is the role of humankind as it relates to nature? You can think about that as in terms of like a reckless destruction of nature for personal gain, which is kind of what's happening right now, but and which engenders this reaction from some is just like, you know, reject modernity, return to monkey. Mm -hmm. just totally abandon civilization and go back to being hunter-gatherers that don't build anything and make no impact on the planet whatsoever and Miyazaki seems to be saying neither of those options are really tenable Mm
1: -hmm.
2: we
0: can't we can't go back to monkey because after all humans advanced technologically because they were trying to fill a need to Mm -hmm. support those under their care
2: and but we've, if you don't we've come so far as a, a human race that to go it's just not possible to revert everything mm. because we'd be throwing away so many good things that we have for humanity and so that's kind of represented by Irontown and kind of the, the humanitarian things that are going on there to throw away nature would be I mean to, to throw away industry and civilization would be to you know lower the standard of living for human human beings so we Mm -hmm. have to find a balance between those two radical reactions
1: and more generally it's finding balance between extreme radical views because Mm -hmm. the more extreme and radical you get on one side or the other the more just disdain and hatred is going to bubble up between them and the rift is only going to get wider until somebody is the bigger man and apologizes and tries to bridge the gap which won't happen the further into the into the conflict you get it's about being that mediator and being a balance between two extremes because any ideal taken to an extreme is a bad thing
0: yeah cuz the conflict isn't really framed in good or good and evil dichotomy which is interesting yes. Um, because you know with Eastern spirituality, balance is definitely a big thing, but there's emphasized like a sort of equal there's f- opposing a dualism, forces, yeah, but this
2: is not taking that kind of approach mm-hmm.
0: mm-hmm. where there's definitely a right way to achieve balance, um, but that doesn't mean by allowing some sort of evil to exist as like a counterweight, but rather like true goodness comes from. Synthesis between two extremes And that find is yeah.
2: The essence of virtue <clears throat> One mm-hmm. of the char- key
0: characteristics Of virtue Is yep. that it
2: it rejects extremity
0: Yep And much like uh, was Ashitaka's village mm-hmm. um, You Can Live in harmony with nature and also Harness its benefits For the benefit uh, to You
1: know make life better Mm-hmm so And hopefully by at the end of the film that's what he teaches Irontown to do and And he
2: continues on. to stand in the mediating role. Right. Go, instead of absconding to the forest with his wolf waifu.
0: It's, <laughs> yeah. Right. It's it's interesting how the movie introduces you to the village that is, you know, living in harmony with nature and that sort of balanced perspective and then shows
1: you the two extremes instead mm-hmm. of the other way around. And the conflict—it starts with the conflict between them. It starts with the Iron Town caravan getting attacked by wolves.
0: It accentuate, it, yeah, accentuates that conflict more. Like introducing you to like the peaceful village and every that time, is disrupted.
1: Every time there's a major conflict happening, and Ashitaka's there, his demon-infected arm starts getting all and wavy, and it's like—does that get fixed gets, at the end? I forget. I don't think it really gets fully healed i forget exactly but yeah it's at the very least minimized but it's still like it's it's, it's still the scar is there Mm -hmm. it's like you can't fully heal a a rift like that there will be a scar but you can move past it you can Mm -hmm. live past it that kind of a thing
0: yeah so i guess with that uh what is good in princess mountain okay Ashitaka is good.
2: Yeah. Ashitaka is very good. <clears throat> He's kind of uh, the exemplar of virtue as far as this movie goes. He represents the that balanced standpoint and has a genuine care for, you know, both parties.
1: And each party has a genuine care for their own people. You can tell Lady Uboshi is like, she really cares about the welfare of her people and the prosperity of her people. She doesn't care so much for the prosperity or welfare of the uh, the forest. And the forest people are like, we very much care about our people and our tribes and our wolf pack and our way of life. So there is, individually on either side, there's a really kind of close-knit family feel to it. It's just they're separated by this division, which in Ashitaka is like, Calm down folks. I want to bring us together. Can can we can we can we work together please? And they're like no.
0: Yep. And then the contrast like yeah, the evil comes from like a refusal to do that. Yeah. Um beauty. So yeah, it's a Studio Ghibli movie. Um uh, sound design is great. Oh, Soundtrack is, is great. Oh,
1: music is gorgeous. The visuals are just gorgeous
0: man the use of silence is something I find fascinating about Studio Ghibli movies they just
1: give you time to breathe mm-hmm. and someti- sometimes there's a couple of them that I've seen that are like this is a little too much breathing time yeah I mean it's beautiful and stuff it's just it's, I feel like this one was I pretty mean, well
2: I've never I don't know which particular thing you're referring to but sometimes they use that to like make you uncomfortable to Did get to to shake you out of kind of your expectation and to um, move you into a space where you kind of have to confront yourself in that mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. i mean
0: sometimes that's good if if, if it's supposed well. to be if it if that's what they're going for mm-hmm. um but and then obviously the animation is quite lovely oh yeah um, a bit ethereal and uh bizarre at times, but not
1: in like a... not in the gross way. The in night, a way the, that's like weirdly elegant.
0: The animation has like a very palpable flow to it.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh-huh.
0: It's yeah, the the yeah,
1: I don't really have the vocabulary to describe it, but like the movements are all like very natural, the colors are all just like the col- the color palette of this movie's fantastic. Mm-hmm um like you get into like the nature areas and there's all these lush greens and browns and mm-hmm. irontown has this orange glow to it that's very industrial with like accented with like the dark blacks of the buildings and mm-hmm. stuff. like the color palette of this movie you can tell where you are in the film just by looking at the color palette almost yep
0: yeah. so uh yeah yeah it's, um uh, gorgeous Unity. What brings everything together in Princess Mononoke?
1: I mean, Ashitaka. Is what the one brings, that brings everything together, together the is
2: what brings everything together. Is yes. rather bringing
0: everything together.
1: Right. It's
0: all connected.
1: It it's that theme of, of balance and of man's role in relation to nature and nature's role in relation as to a man. steward
0: of nature. As you know, God placed mm-hmm. Adam in the garden. Um, and gave him dominion over it but but as to be a caretaker not simply a user right and nature also has that it needs to have that place where it needs to be receptive to man as caretaker um granted you know nature doesn't really have free will it operates according to a set of rules but um more mechanically but yeah, needing to find that harmony between... Respect. hmm Anything to add? Nope. Well, then. Uh, thanks for listening to the Palladium Papers. You can listen to us on Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts, and leave a rating to let us know what you think of the episode. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Pallad If you have any questions, comments, concerns, or complaints... For suggestions for future episodes, email us at PalladianPapist at gmail.com. We will catch you guys again next week. Bye. Bye. See you.